Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Now I can preach it like this, okay? Repent! Or I can tell you, change your mind. Preaching repentance in the area of consciousness of sins is dishonoring the work of Jesus. Repentance means you realize you're guilty, that you deserve the wrath and punishment of God. You begin to realize that sin is in you, and you turn your back on it in every shape and form. You renounce the world, whatever the cost, and you deny yourself and take up the cross and go after Christ. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Chapel's out. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio here at Atlanta Christian College. It's Church of Christ, but any denomination is welcome. Hey, young man, i got to ask you a question on the radio. What did you just learn in chapel? Give me the summary. Cliff's notes. We all preach Christ died, and we all preach He is the Savior. And I've learned that it doesn't matter what you do, who you are, where you come from. That's what we do as Christians. Because we got a mission field wherever we go. Exactly. Rock on. Anything else did you learn? It's very interesting how we treat each other as some of us second-class citizens, others just because we're not paid to do ministry. All right. Or not. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. We're all in the same, under one God, with one faith and one love. Okay. Now, when you say one God, one faith, one love, are you talking about Christians or Buddhists and Hindus? I believe all, all the above. All well, the above. Whether you believe in Hindu or Buddhist, all under one belief that truthfully all religions face off love. Okay. So tell me then, why, if we are all kind of on the same path, what would be the reason then for preaching Jesus wherever we are? Well, for those who believe that Jesus And Jesus commands us to make disciples of all nations. It doesn't matter. We all have, he all give us, our holy God has give us a freedom of will to speak what we want. Should we try to make disciples of the Hindu and the Buddhist? All who are willing to accept the invitation. Okay. But they're good to go if we don't? That's their choice. Okay. Alrighty, we're at the Atlanta Christian College. Let's ask these ladies. Hey, ladies, what, did you just come out of chapel? Yes. Rock on. Would you tell me on the radio what you? I want to know what you learned today in chapel. Would you be willing to tell me in a sentence or two? Sure. What'd you hear? I learned that uh, that God's always there for people, and that we should never give up on them. On people or God? That on God. <laughs> never give up on God. Exactly. So always trust God? Exactly. Okay. And I'm, I'm new to this campus. Mm-hmm. Tell me, who is God or how do you present God, who he or she is? It's kind of difficult to explain. You want to say something? You want to take it? Um, he's the Son of God. He's the Holy Spirit. Oh. He's the Holy Trinity. Um, he died on the cross to save us for our sins. I mean, he's Alpha and the Omega. There's numbers. Of- the Bible God. Yeah. Is that what you were trying to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, ladies, thank you very much. Appreciate it very much. We are at Atlanta Christian College. There is a couple leaning against a Honda Accord specifically, and I'm just going to ask them if they're willing, to, although I, I think this might be a relationship conversation. It looks like we might have a boy-girl friend situation here, and I'm interrupting it. So I am now going to boldly go where no wise man should. Hey, excuse me, you guys, your students here, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Would you be willing to tell me on the radio what you just learned in chapel today? Were you in chapel? Uh, Yeah, we were just in chapel. Cool. Tell me what what did you learn in there? 
Well, we learned about um, what it's like to be a Christian and um, being crucified with Christ. What does it mean? That we are set apart in everything that we do as ministry. And no matter what job you do, you do it for the Lord. Okay. And, and how do we do that? By. I'm a farmer. How do I do that for the Lord? <laughs> Thanking him for the crops that you have. Um, tithing what you have. Giving it to the Lord. There's a lot um, of faith in being a farmer, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because your crops depend on the weather and God pr- provides the weather. So, you know, in, in that kind of sense, you're putting a lot of faith in trusting God. And, um, you know, it's a lot of times the hard times is what really grows us instead of the easy times where we think we know, we know it all and have everything figured out. And what about preaching the gospel? Where does that come into it? Um, just in your words and your actions, you know, as he was talking about, it can be in ministry, you know, as a preacher, or it can be somebody who's, who's taking care of the, the lawn care around here. That can be a ministry as well. All right. Fair enough. Now, this is Church of Christ. Am I correct about that with Atlanta Christian College? Are you Church of Christ by any chance? Not. I can't no. find anybody who's Church of Christ well, here. we're actually the community. I mean, it's close. We're a, we go to a non-denominational yeah. church. Okay, do you, what's community? What does that mean? Is that a denomination? No, it's not well, denominational. Well, no, it's not denomination. Yeah. Is that the name of the church? It's, it's Crosspoint Community Church. Okay, good, because I can't keep track of another denomination. Yeah. All right, do you have any idea what are the distinctives of Church of Christ? Do you know? I don't. Distinctive Church of Christ. Uh, not really. There is something to... I remember somebody had, had asked me about that, and it was about baptism, and they just wanted to know what they believed about the Church of Christ and baptism. And um, I know that they do believe that baptism is more than just a symbol, but it's not necessary to be a Christian, though. Um, that's the only thing that I can think of. That's the only thing. So it could be a baptism different. thing that's maybe a little bit different. A little bit different, right. yeah. Then perhaps. tell me, as a non-denominational Christian, which I presume you are, tell me what I must do to become a Christian. Well, believe that the Lord has covered your sins through his crucifixion and believe him and follow him with your actions and your words and your deeds. How would you put it, young man? I have to go along with, with what she said and also as Hebrews 12, 1 says, um, run, the way, run the race with perseverance and endurance um, only to Christ and putting off all the sinful things that cling on to you. So I would just want to make sure I understand you correctly. I have to, what do I need to do at first? I'm sorry. Um, believe that the Lord has covered your sins through his crucifixion. I believe that the Lord has covered my sins, mm-hmm. so I presume you're calling me a sinner, is that correct? We're all sinners. We're born sinners. I'm a pretty good person. Well, just because you're good doesn't mean that you don't sin. Everyone's born sin. You don't have to teach someone to steal. You don't have to teach someone to lie. We're born sinners. It's a sin. It's the spirit that's in us that's sin. So if I do those things, I'm actually not good at all, am I? Right. Okay, so I've, I need to do that, and then I need to persevere. Is that what you're saying? Well, after you know, after you've you've become a Christian, then you must do everything that you can to move forward and to cling on to the salvation that we have in Christ. Now, is that because I'm saved, or in order to be saved? Well, I know Mr. Mr. Huxford had talked about, you know, somebody isn't just you know when, when you say you're saved, it's not that you got saved; it's that you're being saved by Christ. So, when am I actually saved? Well, that's the question. I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I know that when that when you ask Christ to be in your heart, you are saved. But after that, I mean, you should just do everything that you can to be as close to 
um, Christ. Do you know so. the difference between justification and sanctification? Oh. You mean justification through works? Well, uh, that yeah. could be. I mean, there's. What do you mean, sanctified by what the Lord has done for us? Well, I would say justified based on what the Lord has done for us. And sanctified. Oh, so basically we can do whatever we want to if we're saved? No. We wouldn't want to. Okay. We wouldn't go on sinning so that grace can more abound, heaven Mm -hmm. forbid. But we get justified one time when you repent and trust the Savior. You get saved. You're declared just. You're declared righteous because of what Jesus did. And then you begin the process, the lifelong process of growing in holiness, sanctification. So you're saved one time, Mm -hmm. but the sign that you're saved is that you're continuing in the faith and that you're growing in holiness. You are being sanctified. That would be the... Mm -hmm. So you get saved for sure when you repent and trust the Savior, but then he grows you in holiness until you finally die. You never are perfect until you die. Then he glorifies us, but he justifies us, grows us in sanctification, and then glorifies us when we die. So that would be how I understand the progression of when you get saved for sure and what works have to do with it. Works demonstrate that you're a Christian, but they don't make you a Christian and they don't keep you in the faith. It shows that you're in the faith. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's a good definition. You go for that? I would agree with that, yes. Cool. All right. Hey, y'all. Thanks very much for the chat. Appreciate it. By any chance, boyfriend, girlfriend, what's going on here? Uh, Brother and sister. (laughs) Yeah. Really? I'm a junior. She's a freshman. And you so, get along? Uh-huh. Yeah. What's up with that? You like each other, well, too? Yeah. I tell you what. Um, well, now we do. It used, used to be I wanted to kill her when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I did everything I could just to get rid of her, but now we're friends, so. When did you get saved? Oh, I was saved when I was either four or five. Really? I was really young. You understood you were a wretched sinner when you were four? I had a vagrant, yeah. That you were vile so. and corrupt by nature? I had a, a very simplistic view of that one. And you hated your sister when you were six and seven and eight? Well, after I was... Yeah. yeah <laughs> I had to work on that. So. All right. And when did you get saved? I was very little, but I really don't think I understood it until I was probably about 11 or 12. And then you got it. Mm-hmm. Made yeah, sense. Yeah. Because yeah, it's more than just repenting. It's about the relationship. Yeah, it is. And I think even in order to repent, which means to turn from your sins, not that you're perfect, but you've got a new attitude and a new heart, to understand that really is very big. And to understand getting humble before God is a pretty big concept. It's a process that we keep understanding our whole life. Yeah, I suppose we can we can keep growing in that knowledge. Mm-hmm. But that time when we definitely got saved, usually it's demonstrated by a complete change of life and heart and attitude. So usually people who say, well, I got saved here, but I really didn't start acting like it till there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tend to think, well, you probably didn't get saved until there either because right. <laughs> your life will demonstrate that you actually are. All right, you guys, thanks very much for the chat. I appreciate All right. it. All right, All right. see you. Goodbye. We are at Atlanta Christian College. And the question here is, are the people confused or straight on salvation? We'll keep checking it out at Atlanta Christian College, and I'll work on my grammar. Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms 
of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb. When you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Well, 2024 is a crucial election year. The sanctity of life is at the forefront. And while we do celebrate the overturning of Roe, we cannot ignore the surge of pro-choice voices. They are persuasive, but we can and should be more convincing. We have to stand firm, not only in our beliefs, but also in the understanding of the gospel to change hearts and minds. Pro-choice advocates rally voters with misleading arguments. And as Christians, it is our duty to counter these narratives with truth and compassion. Remember, this is not only about politics. It's about protecting the lives of the unborn. The debate has shifted to when instead of should, and now it's time to refocus this conversation. Equip your family and your church with Life is Best, a 13-lesson series that's not just powerful, but a call to action. Order your free digital download and streaming version from the Wretched Store right now. It's available for free during the month of January. You have until January 31st, and we, together, can make a difference. So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally? Well then, we'll let Paul Washer convince you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised. Would you please join TMAI, the Master's Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called a curse for us. When Adam sinned, all creation came under a curse, and everyone who breaks God's law is cursed. But Jesus bore our curse on the cross so that we may receive the blessings of God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I'm just lurking in the bushes. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Hey, dude, are you heading to class right now? Yes, sir. As you're going, could I ask you a question on radio? Absolutely. What are you studying? Biblical studies with a minor in youth ministry. Good for you. So you want to be a youth pastor? I am a youth minister. You are right now. Cool. I'm a youth. You can probably tell. Okay. Sure. Fine. So I'm a youth, and I come to you and I say, youth pastor, tell me, what must I do to be saved? What would you tell me? Confess Christ, repent for your sins, believe that he died on the cross, and strive your hardest to live holy. You know what I mean? Obey the Ten Commandments. When you make a mistake, pray, repent, 
come see me and we'll try over and over and over again. God is always going to forgive you. Okay, yeah. let me ask you a question. Are you saying that if I sin, I need to get resaved? If you sin, you need to repent for your sins so that you can start anew and fresh with God. Okay, I'm a little confused, so I want you to clarify for sure. me. Sure. Okay, I do what you said. You said confess and repent and believe that Jesus died for my sins. Yes. Are all my sins forgiven at that time? Yes. So it, now it's the next day. It's Thursday. Okay. And I, uh-oh, I had a dirty thought. Now what do I do? You need to repent again because that dirty thought yep. could possibly very well be a sin. So you need to repent again and say, okay, God, help me with my weaknesses. The Bible says, seek your own soul salvation. Day by day, it's going to be a struggle that we have to die to our flesh. So day by day, we got to say, okay, if I sinned, I got to repent. If I sinned, I did something that goes against God's word. I got to say, God, forgive me and help me strengthen my faith walk. So day by day, God will make you stronger and stronger and stronger into your mature Christian. So I just, I need to confess it because that's the right thing to do. Yes. Even though my sins have already been forgiven. Every time you sin, you need to repent and confess it again. And what if I do a sin that I'm not aware of? You know, I, uh, I didn't even realize I was mean to my little sister. I don't even know that I did it. Do I still need to confess it? Yeah. So, well, one of the parts that we do in daily prayer, one of the things that I would I would guide and lead young people to do is that you have sins of omission and sins of commission. Sins that you didn't know you committed and sins that you do know. So in your daily prayer, God, forgive me of my sins of omission and my sins of commission. The sins that I know I committed and the sins that I didn't know and give me the knowledge and the wisdom to see them and work on me and help me just get stronger in you. Okay. Now, as a youth minister, and you're studying here at Atlanta Christian College. Yes, sir. And when you get the kids together on Sunday night or Wednesday night? Sunday morning. Okay, Sunday morning. What do you, What's a typical hour look like with the kids? Typical hour. Um, I'm in an urban setting, so we're going to play some Christian hip-hop, talk about what went on in school, check the temperature, see how everybody's doing, and then I'm going to go for a message. Sometimes I'll base the message off of you know, one of the Christian rap songs that I play. Sometimes I base the message on what the kids is talking about. I have some awesome kids. Some of them will say, well, I need to talk about this. And then you have the normal issues that you want to address. Sex, choices, peer pressure. And you kind of just go for it and put a biblical spin. And my, my biggest message is God's rules that he has in the Bible, there aren't rules to prevent us from having run fun. There are rules that help us and protect us from like getting in trouble. All right. Do you ever, with the kids, just teach them through the Bible? Of course. Like, I mean, every scripture, I'm going to crack open the Bible. But I think in order to be relative, in order, we're always casting out a line and we're always fishing. You, did, you have to do something to kind of invite them in to where you're at. You have to meet them in their cultural norms, which for me, I use music a lot. And then, but I'm all, every single day, every single time I teach the kids, I'm going to crack open the Bible. You know what I mean? I'm going to motivate and challenge them. Let me, let me ask you a question. I sure. find that very fascinating. That you say, I've got to meet them where they are uh-huh. in the culture. Yes. Doesn't the Bible tell us where they are and what they need? And that is scripture. The Bible does tell us where they are and what they need, and I think, but like Paul, you know what I mean? Like Paul said, I've become all things to all people so that I can win some. You know what I mean? I think we got to understand where our people are at, old and young. You know what I mean? Born in, newborn I, I, in I, faith. I, I understand that, but why does the connection have to be a hip-hop song versus... Here we are. We're meeting to study the Bible. That's what we do here. It's fish, dude. Hip hop is just a worm to get that to get those fish. But aren't they already in church? Sure, they are. 
But uh, but why are they in church? Is it a good church because they want to come? Or are they in church because their parents make them? You know what I mean? And those are questions that you pray about, you wrestle about. But at the end of the day, right, I believe in God's word. I believe in the Bible. God, Jesus used parables so that he could connect with people. Paul, you know what I mean, studied all of the cities that he was in and really became part of that culture so that he could win people. Well, me as a youth minister, I got to understand my kids and where they're at. And I got to do things that's not going to compromise God's word, but at the same time, have them understand, you know what, Rashawn is cool, and he really cares about us, and he's trying to bring us that gospel. Mm-hmm. So Paul, when he went to a city, would study the music or... The culture. Play, the culture, and the, he, would, he would then present those things, or didn't he just preach from the scriptures and reason from the scripture? I think what was the awesome thing that I think about Paul is that while he lived in those cities, he understand he understood the context of those cities. You know what I mean? He worked. Paul, I, I, I Paul think, was I a think person so. in the I gospel. Think, I think so too. I, I I agree with that. My only and maybe you you won't even disagree with me is that the kids understand we're here for the word. Uh-huh. The power is in the word, and while we can show different demonstrations of that through worship or through music if we're if we're luring them in with music then we have to keep them with music and it's, no, it's kind no, of no, a, no. It's absolutely, absolutely not you you have to everything is um planted and rooted in the salvation the salvation grace of jesus the salvation of god the redemption of god so if that's just a little bait a little introduction but the message leads to the saving grace of the of, of god's kingdom you're leading them to god you know what i mean so at the end of every service in the middle of every service as soon as you turn that song off as soon as you finish your icebreaker it's all about taking them to the glory of god you're good because they get to know and experience God and his sovereignty. Period. So right. that, that's just a little bit of fish. All right, dude. Thank you very much. See you, man. Have Goodbye. Now, the little, this guy, nice guy, and he understands the gospel, and he's, he clearly has a passion for young people. That, that, that luring people in concept, trying to make sure that they think that I'm cool, um, I just don't think it's needed. I understand it. I just don't think it's necessary because we still need to... Okay, I understand Sunday school, you could argue, is different than church. But Sunday school, in my opinion, isn't about luring them in, helping them think that we're cool. It's about learning about Jesus. So it should be, welcome everybody, open your Bibles. I know there can be chit-chat, and I know what he's going for. I, I, I get it. And sometimes we do that even when we start preaching, by just chit-chatting a little bit as an icebreaker. I, I got it. But we want to make sure that we're not relying on the rap or the hip-hop or the kids aren't being drawn to the music, but they're being drawn to the Savior. And I only fear that we maybe delude ourselves when we say, well, they're, they're, they're not being, we're, we're giving them Jesus, but we bring them in with that. Well, not sure. And I don't think that Paul was doing Athenian hip-hop when he would stand up in the Areopagus in order to preach. I don't think that that contextualization goes that far. All right, there's a couple of guys. Hey, fellas, fellas, hold on before you go in there. Hello? Are you students here? We are. Perfect. May I ask you a question on the radio? Sure, okay. What are you studying? Music. Music. Performance and pedagogy. That's uh, to teach it, right? Yes. I learned that actually from somebody a few minutes ago. Otherwise, <laughs> I was completely clueless. It's all right. All right, so you want to do what with that? I want to give voice lessons and also... Um 
sing professionally. I can tell. So, just from listening to you, I can tell. <laughs> Tenor? Yes. Cool. So, th- but this is a Christian school, right? Yes. yes. Do you want to do Christian music? I'd like to do uh, Christian music. Yes, 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 sir. Um, but as far as teaching goes, just teach anyone who wants to learn. All right. So, what do you think would make a good Christian song? A good Christian song? A good Christian worship song? Well,. One that is intimate but intellectual at the same time. One that's not completely emotional but also captures the mental side because we're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And uh, if you can capture all both of those in the same song, you you really got something. And what you said it was the uh, the emotional, the part? emotional, not just emotional, because you know there's always an emotional part and a feeling part to a song. However, our our emotions Does aren't the always. Does feeling come from the words or the way the song is written? Feeling comes from the relationship with God or the relationship that you want to have with God. Uh, that's the emotional side, but the the lyrics itself stimulates the mind and it also stimulates the heart. So when you want to have a relationship with God or you have have an intimate relationship with God. Have the you ever been in a class out? where they said, hey, do this key change at this time, and that really gets them to put their hands up? Most certainly. Oh, no! <laughs> Most certainly. That's manipulation. Then. It is manipulation. That's the, that's the battle we face as musicians in the Christian world. A lot of people, um, especially commercial Christian singers, they manipulate a lot of things. It's a lot of feigned emotion, but it's not it's not really real. Even worship artists, when you get up on stage and you are, or I, I hate to say stage, but that's really what it is. They're on performing. Morning. They're performing. But there are also those professors who really believe that you have to perform in order to be a true worship leader. Hmm. How come? Um, I think there is an aspect uh, when you get on, when you go sign up uh, to be a worship leader at a church. There's an aspect of it. They want you to perform. They want the pe- they want the people who are paying you want to see. Wow, that kills the me. people. Oh no, worshiping. And if Shouldn't they don't, they be focusing on the Savior and love, not the guy who's singing about it and well, busting a move. You know, sometimes. Sometimes motivate. Sometimes motivation um, is our, our motivations are wrong. You know, you are correct. Uh, All right, hey, go warm up. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, goodbye. goodbye. Atlanta Christian College on Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we start today with new evidence of Planned Parenthood's systemic medical abuse and exploitation of vulnerable girls. What now? Well, recently leaked audio captured staff bragging about performing secret abortions on minors to hide the procedures from their parents. And counselors are freely admitting that they routinely coach teens on evading consent laws, even in states that require notification. It should come as no surprise, but beyond exposing Planned Parenthood's utter contempt for parental rights, this also reveals a criminal enterprise because they're circumventing the safeguards that are set in place to protect children. They circumvent those safeguards for profit. And up in Canada, Justin Trudeau now wants a public inquiry into alleged Chinese meddling in their recent elections. Critics say it's rather late considering Trudeau's cozy financial ties to Beijing and the fact that China barely masks its infiltration of Canadian government and industry already. Talk about a little bit too late, I'd say the horse has not only left the barn but owns half the farm by now. And in Ohio this week, the Republican governor tried playing both sides on youth transgender treatments. Days after bowing to LGBT pressure by vetoing a bill that would totally ban child gender transitions, 
He passed a partial order prohibiting some procedures on Medicaid. It's nothing more than faceless compromise because doctors can still mutilate minors if their parents consent and pay out of pocket. Oh, where are we going? Does anyone know? Because we're going quickly. In shifting topics, Joe Biden's campaign recently reiterated that promoting abortion remains the administration's top priority as they enter 2024. Apparently securing the border, taming inflation, preventing war, all those things take a backseat to murdering babies. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, Joe? And finally, in Quebec, police scolded their residents this week. Why? Well, they're telling them not to post videos like the ring doorbell cams of porch pirates. You know, the people who come and steal your deliveries. The police say, hey, don't assume guilt so quickly. Citing presumed innocence until proven guilty. Well, first I'll say that's true. You are innocent until proven guilty. But I think video evidence of you actually stealing something from a person's porch is all the proof that's needed to call you guilty. Maybe I'm wrong, but that just seems common sense to me. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. Exodus is the story of God saving His people from oppression and giving them an identity and an inheritance. God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, which begin with the statement, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Good deeds have always been a response to God's saving work, not a means of earning salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. What grade would you give these students this is Wretched Radio. It's Witness Wednesday. I'm in a brand new place, lovely little campus. It's not huge and glorious, but it's very nice, well manicured, nice buildings. It's called Atlanta Christian College. It's a general arts campus, not necessarily training people for ministry, but it's training them for whatever profession to have it be Christ-centered. And we have been talking to these young people, basically asking them, what's the gospel? The basic stuff, the foundational stuff. How do you think they have been doing? Have they been able to articulate clearly and well the gospel? I will tell you this, that if you ask most Christians to give a testimony, most will not do it probably as articulately and by the book as you would like them to. Most likely. But that doesn't mean they're not saved. It does mean, though, that we should ask them questions without being too leading, and they should be able to give it up when the questions are asked. So overall, that's what I've been doing. I've been having to ask some questions. What do you mean by that? How do you understand that? And then if they give the correct understanding, you can go, okay, got it. And it simply means that, like all of us, they should clean up their lingo and make sure that they are concise, should be able to explain things articulately and coherently, and just so that everything fits together. And that's really what we've been experiencing here overall, that they mostly get the point, but we sure wish it were clearer, don't we? Now, there's a lady walking with a backpack, because we're on a campus, and I think she's trying to avoid me. (laughs) Excuse me. Hey, while you're walking over to wherever you're walking, could I ask you a question on the radio? Yes. What are you studying here? I'm studying elementary education. You want to be a teacher? Yes. Good for you. A Christian teacher or public school teacher? Um, I would like to do um, teaching in the public school environment. How come? Because to be a positive influence on children that may not um, have a Christian, live in a Christian environment. 
good for you, but you know you can't really talk about Jesus in a public school anymore. You're right, but I just want to be a positive influence for them, someone they can look up to. Good for you. Now, how do you think you'll do that? Just by living a certain way, they're going to see you're different? Yes, just by living just the Christian life and not the world's way of doing things. Okay, let's say I'm one of your students, Mm -hmm. and I've been watching you, teacher. You seem so nice. (laughs) You seem so happy. What's the deal? What? Where does it? Where does this come from? What would you say to me? I would say, well, I put God first in everything I do in my life, and I just um, look to Him for everything, and He's my inspiration and my joy, and that's where I get my way of living and my way of doing things. And who's God? Well, God is the Creator of everything, the Creator of life, and if you want to get to know Him, um, maybe you should come to church with me or something. Okay, but. I can't go to church on Sunday. I'm busy that morning. Would you just tell me? Um, sure. Um, God is the creator of life, the creator of everything, and he is my inspiration and my joy. Why? Because um, <laughs> just reading his word and just reading um, the Bible is just my way of life, my way of doing things. What does it say? It says that um, we should accept him and, <laughs> and we should accept him into our hearts and into our lives. What, is, what does that mean? Who, is, who should I accept into my heart and life and why? Jesus Christ. And why should I accept him? Because that's what the Bible says. Does it say that I should accept him? Yes, it does. Why should I do that? Because um, if you want to go to heaven and um, live everlasting, you, sh- you should accept him. Yeah, I, I, I do want that, but I think I'm going already. Um, how do you know that? I don't know. I'm a pretty good person. Well, you have to confess with your mouth and um, confess your sins and confess them into your heart. Okay, so I have to confess that I'm a sinner? You have to confess your sins so that God can forgive you of your sins. i got to be honest with you. I don't think I'm a sinner. Well, everybody has come as far short of the glory of God has sinned. Mm-hmm. And, what, and so because of that, let's say that I died without accepting Jesus. Mm-hmm. So what? Um, If you don't accept Jesus Christ into your heart, then you go to hell. Hmm, how come? Because you have not um, confessed um, Christ in your heart. Why do I need to do that, though? Because if you want to live everlasting and want to live just a a joyous life in heaven, you have to accept him into your heart. But I I don't understand why. Um, That's what the Bible says. But why Jesus? Why not Buddha? Because God is the creator. Buddha or Allah or anybody else. It's not the way to live everlasting. Okay. But Jesus is? Yes. Okay, so how does that work? What happens? So I accept Jesus. Why do I get to go to heaven, though? Because I'm still a sinner, right? Um, no, God forgives you of your sins. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. Okay. He's a God of second chances. Okay. But how is it that I'm sort of thinking to myself, if God just forgives people, mm-hmm. shouldn't he punish bad people? No, he doesn't punish bad people. I thought there was hell. Yes, there's hell for people who doesn't accept Christ into their heart. So what? why do they go there? Because they don't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But I, I guess I don't understand why they have to do that still. Um, well, there's, there's different reasons, but... Um, if you don't, the main thing is you have to accept Jesus Christ and see your heart in order to live an everlasting life. If you don't, you go to hell. Hmm. All right, I'm looking. Let's see, there's the chapel. Okay, the cross on top there. Does that have anything to do with this? 
Yes, um, Jesus, he died on the cross for us, for our sins, and he took the beatings and the whoopings and the scratches and the scars so that we could live forever. That helps me out, because that's what I deserve, but Jesus did it on my behalf. That's why I need to do that, so that my sins can be forgiven, because God punished his son on my behalf, right? Yes, that's correct. Right. Where does repentance come in? Um, repentance come in, um, I guess if you sin, you have to ask God to forgive you of your sins so you can repent for your sins. Do I need to turn from my sins? Yes, you do. Forsake my sins? Yes. Okay. That's repentance? Yes. And I, and I need to do that? Yes. All right. Hey, thanks very much for the chat. I appreciate it. I hope school goes well. All right. Thank okay. You. See ya. Goodbye. Not only do we need to be careful how we use the language because it's not biblical, I think what we just heard is a good example of why we don't use that language. Did you hear how far I had to dig to get to the truth of it? And while this lady understood all those little components, they were buried way underneath except Jesus, way far away from repentance, way far away from faith. We need to make sure that our language is clear and concise. Not only is it confusing to the hearer, but in this case, frankly, it was a little confusing to the speaker. Let's talk with a lady who's having an ice cream cone. Excuse me, young lady. Could I talk to you on the radio and ask you a question about what you're doing here? Yes. What are you studying? Um, early childhood education. Early childhood education. And this is a Christian school, correct? Correct. So you're a Christian? Yes, I am. What do I need to do to become a Christian? Um, I'm not good at telling people, but I just it's like a process you have to go through. It's not something that you just run into. Get to know God better, like, and ask ministers and stuff to learn more about God. Okay. Well, I'm asking you. I want to become a Christian. What do I need to do? Come to this college. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I live too far away. What must I do to become a Christian? Give more of your time to God. Like, when you wake up in the morning before you do anything, like, give your time to God. Like, before you do anything, give God some time. And then you'll get, like, closer and closer to God. And try, like, reading the Bible more. And if I do all those things, I'm good to go? I think so. Okay. And so what happens to somebody who doesn't do that? Um, I think that if you don't do those things, like, how can you get to know God better? How can you get closer to Christ if you don't do those things? So. Okay. What about the, if I use the phrase repent, what does that word mean? Forgiveness, like asking God for forgiveness of your sins. Do I need to do that? Yes, I think so. How come? I mean, every t- I mean, everybody, I'm a Christian, I do like bad things, so I think I have to repent sometimes because you're not perfect. But why do I need to repent? Why do I even need to say I'm sorry? For like the bad things you did so God can forgive you. Why can't he just forgive me? Why can't he just forgive you? Yeah. Because God gives everybody second chances and chances after chances. All right, eat your ice cream cone. It's a disaster. Goodbye. Thanks for the chat. Appreciate it very much. That ice cream isn't the only thing that's melting. Uh, 
is that young lady saved? The answer is, I definitely don't know. It is entirely possible that she could be. But was that a clear articulation of the gospel? No. Where does this come from? This comes from bad language. It also comes from very bad teaching. And all of these things simply are not clear to most people. And it's not just today, and it's not just on this campus. I'm telling you, it's everywhere we go. What you just heard from that Christian young lady, honestly, if I were her elder and I were listening to her give that confession, I would be asking so many questions and most likely would say, we need to make sure that you're actually saved. The importance of clear biblical language, the importance of teaching foundational things like the law of God and sin and wrath and righteousness and judgment. I, I, I would love to. I would love to keep talking to that woman. She's going into the building, and she's got an ice cream cone running all over her hand. We are at Atlanta Christian College. It's Witness Wednesday, and this is Wretched Radio. All right, well, buckle up, get ready. Road Trip to Truth Season 4 is back. Host John Fabar is also back this year. But what's different this year is he has a traveling companion. Our buddy Jake Ream is joining him on the Road Trip to Truth for Season 4. And this is not going to be your typical grandma's Bible study. No, 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 no. If any of our other seasons are any indication, you know exactly what you're in store for. Hard-hitting questions, controversial topics, and a heaping dose of biblical truth. Sin, death, atheism, racism, critical race theory, you name it, they're going to cover it this season, and they're not going to pull any punches while they're doing it. Get ready, because they're going to tackle the toughest issues facing Christians today from a solid biblical perspective. Road Trip to Truth Season 4, available for purchase now at wretched.org slash four. That's wretched.org slash F-O-U-R. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats. They get materials that they learn the Bible. They memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Hey, thanks so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. We are so grateful for you and your support, especially when you choose to purchase resources from our store at wretched.org. As Christians, we know the importance of standing firm in the gospel because it was for freedom that Christ set us free, right? Well, your support as a gospel partner helps us to continue producing biblically sound productions like Wretched, Road Trip to Truth, and Transformed. We rely on the kindness and generosity of God's people just like you to not just keep the lights on around here, but to also spread the gospel 
want to millions. We promise that we honor your generous gifts with faithful stewardship and full accountability. How so? Well, we're members in good standing with the ECFA, which means you can check up on us for yourself and have full peace of mind as to how your donations are being used. So please, would you visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321 to get all your questions answered and to become an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel Partner. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Know your church fathers. Ambrose was the Bishop of Milan in the 4th century and one of the four original doctors of the church. He defeated Arianism by appealing to scripture and using well-reasoned arguments. Ambrose reminds us that a faithful teacher is a blessing to generations of Christians. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey, young man, while you're heading to class, may I ask you a question on the radio? Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, what athletic competition are you going to or coming from? Oh, I'm, not, I'm just going to class right now. You look like, like soccer or something. No, I'm going to play basketball. When Lacrosse. Oh, basketball. That's it. Yeah. All right, how tall are you? Um, probably like 6'3". You got any pins? Can you jump? Uh, I can jump a little bit. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah? What position do you play? Uh, shooting guard. Shooting guard. Mm-hmm. You like to shoot the ball, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. All right. What are you studying here at Atlanta Christian College? Uh, I'm not an undecided major right now, but I'm just doing everything. And why did you pick this school? Um, because my friend was coming here, and he said he'd visit a couple times, and it was a good atmosphere, so... Now, do you have to be a Christian to go to this Atlanta Christian College? No. Are you a Christian? I am. Cool. Tell me how to become a Christian. Um, really, just go to church and start learning about it, and just. <laughs> just what do I? What do I need book. to learn? Um, really, just read the Bible and just see what it has to say, and the life or the lessons you need to base your life by. Okay, here's the deal. You got out of your car, and you didn't even realize it. Is that your car right there, that uh, yeah. that black one? Yes. Nice car, dude. You're a student. What do you th- Is that your mom's car? It is. It better be. <laughs> okay, you uh, you rolled over me. I'm lying here in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and I got blood coming out of my ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dude, dude who can jump and shoot. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to die. Help. <laughs> what would you say to me? Um... Well, first I'd probably call a hospital and see if I needed to call an ambulance or take you there myself. Okay. And then they're uh, on their way. Help! <laughs> I'm dying here. Um, I don't have time to go to church and read the Bible. I'd ask you if you knew God. And, uh, no, who is he? <laughs> he's our Lord and Savior that made us and created everything here, and uh, that he can save you even from if you're going to die from the hell after earth. You're telling me I'm going to hell? <laughs> no. I just got a second wind. What are you saying? I say no, but there's a definite chance that you won't if you know God. There's a definite chance that I won't. Or there's a definite or definite that you're not going. If I know God. Yeah. Okay. Why do I need to know him? Why do I even care? Um, you need to know him because... He puts you here, and he can take you from here, and he can save you from here. Um, what do I need to be saved from? Um, really, just the... Bad drivers, that's a start. <laughs> no, of course. Too late for that. <laughs> now what? Um, just the sin of the world and everything around us. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> it means that... Um, Anybody ever tell you you look like Joel Osteen? No. You do get, a little. You laugh I get like Keanu him. Reeves all the time, and I hate it. <laughs> so, Keanu, help. 
I'm, I've got seconds to go here. What must I do to be saved? Oh, <laughs> I don't know what that What do I need like. to be saved from? Um. All right, we're going to turn the role player okay. on. All right, you're on the street. You're okay, dying. I'm All right, dying. I come up to you. Hey, dude, I've called 911. Mm-hmm. Relax. Where are you going when you die? I'm going to heaven. How do you know? Because I just know. All right, let's make sure. I'm going to give you a test. How many lies have you told in your life? Lies? Yeah. An amount. Okay, so what does that make you? That's a sinner. Specifically a liar, right? Okay, how many things have you stolen in your career? Um, probably a couple, one or two. Okay, what does that make you? Um, a thief. Yeah, all right. A little more personal. How many women have you seen and had X-rated thoughts about? Um, probably a couple back in my day. All right. Back in your day, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 19. Dude, you're in the day. All right. So you've done that. I Jesus mean, says that's committing adultery in your uh-huh. heart. You don't need to commit the act. I want to ask you if you've ever fornicated. I want to ask you if you've looked at porn. But if you just think about stuff, mm-hmm. you've committed the act in your heart and God sees it. So mm-hmm. you're a lying, thieving, adulterer at heart. When you die and God judges you, he opens the books on your life. Mm-hmm. Will he find you innocent or guilty? Innocent, because I've repented for everything I've done and haven't done since. What does that What does that mean to repent? To lay it all before Him and uh, just admit that you've done it and that you won't. Well, that you will do it again, just out of inevitability. But you will always know that it's wrong, and you'll try not to do it. Okay, that's good. So you've repented. Mm -hmm. Okay, what else have you done to make sure that you're going to heaven? Um, There's more I, to it than just repenting. Saying you're sorry is enough. other people and make sure that no, they... That would, that would be bribing God by doing good things. Mm-hmm. Have you trusted Jesus Christ yes. for your eternity? Yes. As the fine payer for the laws that you've broken. Because mm-hmm. that's what sin is all about. Mm-hmm. You're a lawbreaker. God's wrath abides upon you because you've sinned against him. But he's good and he's merciful. And he sent his son to die in your place to take the punishment you deserve. And if you'll respond by repenting, doing all that stuff you mm-hmm. said, saying you're sorry, turning from your sins, forsaking your sins, and trusting the Savior, then God can dismiss your court case. Mm-hmm. And he can see you because of the good work that Jesus did as righteous. So that's why you're going to heaven, because you've repented and put your trust in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's right. You're not earning it. No. No? It's a gift by God. Yeah. Complete grace through faith in Jesus alone, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That's, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so the next time somebody approaches you, you can help people understand that they're yeah. sinners by using the commandments. That's what I did with yeah. you. Lying, stealing, adultery of the heart. And then they can understand they're a sinner. Then they understand the cross and that Jesus died for them. And they'll understand they need to repent and put their trust in him. Mm-hmm. Right? When did you do that? When did you repent and put your trust in Jesus? Mm, when I was 14. 14. Mm-hmm. Okay, so been five years, right? Have you been living for the Lord for the last half a decade? Yes. And if I got all your friends together, they'd say the same thing? Yes. Read your Bible every day? Yes. Do you? Is Jesus, really big word here, is Jesus precious to you? Yes. How come? Because he's what I base my life on, and I put all my trust in him, so he has to be there for me, and I know that he is. All right. Dude, thanks for the chat. I appreciate it very much. All right, man. See you. Have a good class. Okay. How did he do? At the end, it came out very clearly. We now, at the very least, not only need to help people articulate it well, but be able to share it also. We are at, oh, this guy's got to be a Christian. He's got a huge cross around his neck. Let's see if he will be able to tell me at Atlanta Christian College what I must do to be safe. Dude, 
I gotta ask you a question on the radio. Will you talk to me for just a moment? Sure. What is all this stuff on your? What does your shirt say? My shirt. This is Crown Holder right here. This is a brand that came out a while back. What is it, Crown Holder? What does that Crown mean? Crown Holder. It's, I don't know exactly what it means, but you like it. Okay. What are these? What are these words? Can you? I can't even read them. What does that say? Can you, sloth? Is that what it says? Gloth. Root. I can't read it. Can't read it. Okay. Here, better yet. Look you like have Greek, got, look like Greek words. It does a little bit. Okay. I, I I don't I don't know if this is the right word now, but that is a very blingy cross you got right there. Yeah, man. I, it's my baby right here. Your cross is. How yeah. come? Cause I wear it everywhere I go. You know, it represents me. You know. It represents you. It represents what does What does the cross represent? The cross. It just represent how close I am. You know, to God. I love God. How come? Um. Because I wouldn't be lit. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for him. So I always keep this for a reminder, you know. Then I got the ring right here with Jesus on there. You sure do. So, yeah, All right. What did Jesus do on the cross? Well, he died on the cross. Yeah. How come? He died. He died for all of us. Okay. How, how, how come? Um. So we could be forgiven. Um. Because we all sinners, of course. Um, and what happens if we're not forgiven by God? If if we're not forgiven, then... If we're not forgiven, it's no point. There's no, no point, point to want. And no point in loving, you know. God, God doesn't love us. How's it about if we don't have God's forgiveness, he's got to punish us for breaking his laws, and he's got to send us to hell. Right, right. Right? Yeah. But Jesus, because he's kind and he's good and he's loving, took the punishment that you deserve mm -hmm. for breaking God's laws. Right? Right. Right? That's good news. That's what the cross represents right there. Forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. Right? Right. Okay. Have you repented? Repented. Do you know what that means? Uh, ask for forgiveness. Right. Yeah, I, I have. And turned from your sins? Many times. Many times. Yeah. But do you remember the time when you were made alive, when you were born again, when you got saved, when you stopped living for yourself, you turned from your sins and you put your trust in Jesus? Do you remember when that happened? Uh, actually, actually, when I, when I was younger, I was, I was baptized by my, my mother. I was about three years old. My mother took me to church. She wasn't saved. So she took me to church. She got saved in that same day. She, they baptized me. So, um, But when did you get saved? When did when, you repent and put your trust in Jesus? When I got saved, when I got saved was, I was in a um, terrible accident. And I could have died, you know, but God spared your life. Yeah. Did you yeah, call so out to him for forgiveness? Right. Yeah, I called out for forgiveness. You turned from your sins. Mm, yes. Put sir. your trust in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, the one who died on that cross for you. Right. Yeah, because God spared your life, didn't He? Yeah, He did. Yeah, and it gave you a real sense of what God could do to you mm -hmm. if you died in your sins. All right. So you know for sure you're saved, right? Right. All right, man. Rock on. Hey, thanks for the chat. Okay. See you, man. And until tomorrow. Go serve your king.